My warmest greetings to the people of my beloved Wales, and a special hello to the miners of South Wales. Hello, it's your mate. Welcome to the Red Panic Radio podcast. We are the propaganda branch of the Welsh Underground Network, advocating and agitating for a socialist Welsh Republic. And a repeater radio have very kindly asked us to do a podcast series where we chat about our experiences organising communities and the challenges we face along the way. Uh, today, we're going to discuss the North South divide with our lovely Wrexham members, its origins, its obstacles, and its challenges. So uh, I guess we'll start with introductions, is it? Should we start with the uh, Wrexham? Hi, I'm Pagan. I'm from Corwen, and I'm in the Wrexham chapter of Welsh Underground Network. Yeah, right. So I'm Mills. I'm the uh, co-chair of the Wrexham chapter, um, and I live in Wrexham, a glorious town. Um, I'm Pippin. I'm in the Valleys branch. Um, I'm the social media officer. I'm Tad. I'm in the Valleys branch as well, and I'm the chair of just that branch in general. Um, cool. So I guess to start with, what misconceptions do you think South Wales has about the North? I mean, as a Southerner myself, one I think we definitely have is just thinking that everyone speaks Welsh. Uh, or it's like, you know, there's like a massive line in the middle of Powys where like above it, everyone speaks Welsh, you know? <laughs> there's definitely just that stereotype, isn't it, of just... I don't know, Welsh, spe- Welsh speakers and farmers and nothing much else in there. You're not going to get your mm. phone signal. You're not going to get a Tesco's up there. We've got bear Tesco's in Wrexham. We've got a big one right in the middle of town. Beaming. Consider <laughs> well, me corrected. Overcoming <laughs> some big stereotypes today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and to be fair, like, you know, if only everybody could speak Welsh up here, but, um, you know, it tends to be more the kind of rural areas, for the, for example, like Balor and like Pagans uh, ends in Corwen. Um, you know, a lot of people around there, their first language is Welsh, um, especially out in Gwynedd and what have you. Um, obviously, a bit closer to the border, um, you know, the majority of people uh, speak English predominantly, especially uh, in Wrexham. I mean, there's definitely more of a boost of it in our area, to be fair. We've, we've got Welsh-speaking schools. They've just built fairly recently a few new uh, Welsh-speaking primary schools. So it is on the upper round here, which is good. You know, obviously the, the language is incredibly important and, and we want to protect it. And, you know, personally, I'm, I'm not a Welsh-speaker. I can tell you, you know, who I am, where I'm from and how old I am and asked to go to the toilet and that's about it really <laughs> like GCSE standard but you know it's um obviously whether we can speak it or not is still part of who we are isn't it so it is important so hopefully you know maybe that stereotype you know potentially be a positive stereotype that would come <laughs> one day that we do all speak Welsh with you yeah I feel like the divide of language is probably more to do with east and west Wales rather than north and south like Mills was saying as you get closer towards Gwynedd and Bala like Corwen's kind of it is North East Wales, but kind of like more in the middle. And you do find an increase in the Welsh language. And then the further you kind of go towards Bala, you hear a lot more of it. But I think where I live probably does live up to the rural stereotype. Lots of fields and farmers, but not too far from a Tesco. <laughs> Best of both worlds. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Um, well, what do you think like your challenges are up there in terms of like organizing and just like what might be overlooked by southerners in general? I think overlooked is probably the right word. I mm. think in general the north is just very overlooked in terms of the attention it gets but also funding and resources and then when it comes to organizing I think everything is very Cardiff centric focused around Cardiff 
and even when this org started up obviously it started up in the valleys and when I first heard about it I was like oh it's down south of course it's down south that's where everything is in Wales so when I found out about the Wrexham branch it was just amazing that something was happening up north I could be getting involved with yeah fully I think one of the biggest challenges we face is is it's not that like everywhere it is rural like obviously there are a lot of rural communities and stuff in North Wales but I think one of the biggest challenges we face is that like a lot of these communities are very spread apart and unless like everyone can drive or like you know has access to a lift or whatever you know it's an absolute nightmare to get anywhere I mean even in Wrexham which is obviously you know the most urbanized area in, in North Wales you know the buses here aren't, aren't great there's like i mean the only train stations besides like the the two in town obviously rex in general being the main one is there's there's one in Gwaysort and one in ruabon and like other than that it's like chirkways and that so you know the transport is one of the biggest issues um especially you know if you're in the case of like pagan where you've you've got a, i mean it's what it's like half hour drive or so from corbin to rex yeah and it's about half hour drive to the nearest train station as well it's either Rabon or Chirk for me yeah which and the buses as well are just awful and really not very often at all and can't be relied on to actually get anywhere so I think that is one of the biggest issues around here yeah they're a nightmare as well and like the thing is is never mind the fact that they're not very consistent but like in in Repton, basically, Arriva have got like a, a near enough total monopolization of, of the transport in Wrexham. Um, so they could just charge what they want. Like every other bus company in the area, and there was a lot when you know when I was younger, there was quite a few. They've either gone bust or they've been bought out by Arriva. So, you know, they just completely I mean, I, I have to get a weekly ticket to get to and from work because I can't drive. Um so I'm going to get like a weekly ticket. And I remember when I first started working in town when I was like 16, I got a weekly ticket for about eight quid, seven, eight quid. And mm. then I bought one on Friday for the first time in a long time. <clears throat> and it was 15 quid. And that's in the space of about four, five, well, probably about, yeah, probably about five years or so. I like, do you know what I mean? You can't use mm. that. You know, that's just going up with inflation or whatever, because, you know, pull the other one, mate. Uh, that's definitely like another one of the consequences of Thatcher was just like the absolute decimation of just the transport services. Because my dad was always saying just like how every single council basically had their own community owned buses, just independence to every valley and every little region. And now it's just all, like you said, owned by just foreign companies who obviously just don't give a shit. You know what I mean? I think that really adds to the isolation of being in a rural area as well is just you can't really get anywhere because the public transport can't be relied on and is also too expensive. Absolutely. I mean, like from Bedwest to Caffili train station is about a 40 minute walk. By bus, it's probably about like 10 minutes. But like I'm always moaning. It's like every half an hour, every 20 minutes. But to you, I imagine this is just like, you know, you probably get like one or two a day or something, isn't it? Mm. I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's very easy for us to complain about the transport in the valleys and that kind of thing, because it is shit, you know, <laughs> like the trains are the trains are awful and all the lines just go towards Cardiff or England. But it's also, yeah, it's very easy to take for granted that we even have train lines. Like I have a train station in Penrith, Iver, literally like two minutes from my house. And then it takes me like two minutes on that train to get to Mountain Ash. And it's a ridiculous train line. It goes from Aberdeer to Barry Island. Um, <laughs> just trying to get people to go to Cardiff but yeah it's like complain about that but at least the trains are there there is a train station in Corwen but it's for steam trains that just goes <laughs> to Llangollen which is just entirely for the tourists and I think that really says something that when there is funding available it 
just all goes into tourism and not the residents that live there and the community yeah shows their priorities oh yeah it's it's not transport for the people is it you know it's like the blind in your gray away and all those lovely like snowden ones you know it's not for like the actual locals at all and so much of the like the the entire way our transport has been created is completely catered to another country you know what i mean i don't i don't think we'd even have an m4 we wouldn't have those direct like you know motorways if ireland wasn't there which they obviously wanted to get to as fast as possible to steamroll through wales it's just like yeah. so these... many of our port links are for english people to go to ireland yeah. it's yeah. it's really crazy to think about well literally every near enough every major road or transport link or definitely all the train lines you know, none of them run from north to south to connect Wales. They all run from, you know, east to west for, as you said, to either, you know, A, get to somewhere nice on, on their holidays or B, get over to Ireland, you know, through through the ports and that. So, I mean, it's just crazy. You know, we, we literally don't even have like one metre of electrified rail in the entire country. Bearing in mind, I'm pretty sure Wales was the first, if not one of the first places to ever like operate you know, any sort of like trains or anything like that. Like, it's just absolutely mental, you know, it's, it's, and it, it, you know, like I said, it's like, how are people meant to get around? How are people, you know, meant to do anything that they want to do really? Because the, the transport links aren't there and the ones that they are, you know, working class people can't afford them. So, do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, if you, if you can't drive and you need money to do that anyway, especially these mm-hmm. days, you know, if you, if you're a young person, you're paying out your backside for bloody insurance, never mind for your car, the fuel and the all the upkeep with it. You know, it's it's just mental. And, you know, you, you, you can't, you, you know, you wonder why young people don't stay in their, like, you know, local communities. And it's because there's nothing here for them. There's, like, no way for them to get about to do the things that they want to do. You know, it's hard enough for people like us trying to organise in our mm. areas, you know, never mind getting to and from work or anything else that you've got to do like that. Like, it, it's it's just mental. You know, you can't you can't blame people for moving out the area and looking for something better, you know, in the big English cities or whatever. Because, I mean, I I went to uni in Manchester. I lived there for four years. And, like, whilst obviously it's not perfect, and obviously being a big city, you know, there is going to be more transport and what have you. But, like, everything that they've got going on there, you know, transport, like, amenities and, like, everything. Like, even in Cardiff, you don't get half of that stuff. Do you know what I mean? So it's Mm. like, why, why should people, especially in, like, North Wales, you know, why should they... Why, what, what is there to keep them here a lot of the time? Do you know what I mean? Like, so many people from Wrexham especially go to, well, primarily Liverpool, but a lot go to Manchester for uni as well. And, like, people just stay there, you know? Mm. And, like, like I said, like, you can't really blame them for that either when there's, you know, no incentives for them to stick around, you know? I think yeah. that's the scariest part, really. It's just, like, something like 100,000, like, young people leave every year. And you know that they're not coming back, you know what I mean? Like, where you go to uni usually is your formative years and where you make your roots, you know what I mean? We are losing, the, like, just the absolute funneling out of people every year. It's, like, almost terrifying, really. And I think, like you said, like, there's this illusion of choice when, in fact, these people are being economically forced out of their communities. Like, I don't want to fucking live in Cardiff, but, like, I don't really have a choice in the matter, you know what I mean? I can't stay where I grew up. There's nothing there. It's just like, I think it's getting worse and worse with also just like, I think Wrexham and Newport and like the border communities are going to have such a problem with commuters, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of, it, these places are being torn apart, like, you know, they've got coming going, like the funneling out of people and then the funneling in of commuters. It's just, I don't know, it's, uh, it's not looking bright, guys. <laughs> yeah, I think as well, 
it kind of contributes to the north-south divide as well and feeling distant because so many people around here will if they want to go to the city it will be Manchester and Liverpool rather than going down to Cardiff and I think that in a way we feel connected more to that area of England than we do to South Wales because it's easier to get to we go there more a lot of us come here for uni that we do feel more connected than parts of our own country absolutely yeah. I mean I, I think I, I was up in North Wales on holiday and I was just having such a great time there just like you know propping the muck of it like for a week or two and I was just thinking about Cardiff and I was just like what the fuck is Cardiff what's the concept of Cardiff up here what's how does this relate to where I am right now you know what I mean what is a Cardiff what is a Cardiff you know what I mean like how does this relate to where I am right now and just like why is this the capital how does this represent me and just like my community and it's just all these questions are raised and I think you're totally right about that yeah. it's just the journey to our congress in Aberystwyth really like I already knew how bad the transport mm. were but it like really solidified it for me like the fact that there's no direct train from Cardiff to Aberystwyth is ridiculous and the fact that if you wanted to go by a train you'd have to go Cardiff to Shrewsbury and then to Aberystwyth you know go from South Wales to England to West Wales <laughs> does that make any sense the true capital of Wales, Shrewsbury, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, if, if we were to get the train to Aberystwyth from here, we would also have to go through Shrewsbury. We should put a Welsh Welsh gift shop in there, I think. <laughs> but it's insane. Like, I think we were proper trying to plan it out to get to Aberystwyth. It really just opened my eyes, you know what I mean? If you don't, like, wander past the M4, you don't really realise. But, like, we were looking at trains, and it was, like, five and a half hours, like... 200 quid for the both of us yeah offering that we could take you know money out of the the fund that we use for our organizing and we were like we can't take that much <laughs> we, we don't want to bankrupt you joe i'm sorry and then like we looked at the buses and it was like oh this is literally the same amount of time like five and a half hours like <laughs> for like yeah. quarter of the price the only problem is like it's once a day like literally once a day <laughs> so if you missed that you were literally fucked we, we were so stressed out in Carmarthen. We um, oh uh, yeah, no, it was literally insane. Uh, yeah, it's just so much of these, uh, and so much of these issues, again, just go back to the fact that, like, I don't know, the decisions of how and where people live, like, are being made from people outside those communities, and people just don't have the power to do anything about it, you know what I mean? People can't live and do what they want to because it's completely out of their economic control. And I think... Again, that just relates to everything really in life at the moment with capitalism. It's just like you don't have your own autonomy or power. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's depressing as anything, isn't it? You know, sort of having things like subvertly dictated to you about what you can and can't do, where you can be and, you know, how you can live, you know, and what means you have to live within. Like, it, it's mental. Um, you, made a, you made an interesting point, Tad, about, um, you know, how does Cardiff, like, relate to North Wales and that? And I think this is one of the, the things that sort of, you know, whether there is like a North-South Wales divide, it's because, it, you know, it's a fair question. How does Cardiff relate to, to North Wales? Do you know what I mean? In terms of government, um, you know, I know in a lot of places, they're not particularly, you know, the, the, the government in Cardiff Bay are not particularly popular. You know, everybody up here knows how much they neglect us, despite the fact that, you know, outside of the valleys probably north wales has been especially northeast wales in, in wrexham in particular has always been one of labor's like you know real strongholds and i think the fact that it's kind of swayed away from that a bit in recent years 
shows, you know, really reflects how neglected people feel by Cardiff and the decisions that are made in Cardiff, never mind in, in Westminster and London, you know, we're not even looked after or represented properly by our own government, you know, and it's crazy. And like, you know, how does, how does Cardiff relate to North Wales and that? I mean, the only times I've ever been to Cardiff, truth be told, is to watch or play rugby or football. And that's it, you know. We, we, when the sports on, you know, we are we're all completely united under that. We all know that, you know. You've seen the Euros, you see the Six Nations every year, and that, you know. But like, as soon as you know the the eighty ninety minutes or whatever is up, like, you know, what is what is the score, you know, pun intended, you know, there, like, because it is, you know, it's so hard to get there. And don't get me wrong, like I love Cardiff. It, it's a great city, and I really want to get back down there again soon. Um, but, you know, it's, it's how do we get there? You know, like I said, again, unless you can't drive. And even then, you know, when we, when we, when, well, I say we, when my man's driven us down to Cardiff, you know, we either have to go like a proper long route through like the Brecon Beacons and all that, or the quickest and easiest route, you let you come out of Wrexham through Chester all the way down past Shrewsbury and all that. And then back in again, you know, through England and, and across like Newport and that. And it's like, how many other countries in the world do you know where you have to, where you literally almost have to drive through the neighbouring country to get to the capital city of your own? It's mental. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like this is the thing. Transport is devolved in Wales. So how is this not something that they've, they've not been picking up on? How is this something that they've not been for years trying to sort out? I mean, for goodness sake, like Ken Skates, the transport secretary for in, in Wales, is the MS is literally like, I mean, he, he lives like 10 minutes up the road from me. So it's not as if he doesn't know this, do you know mm. what I mean? Like, it's not as if any of them don't know this, you know? We, I mean, I, I, I can't say, like, my granddad, who's, like, must be, like, early, mid-70s now, he's been saying for, like, ages, and don't get me wrong, he's he's a bit of a weird one. Sometimes he's, a, he's like, a proper, proper commie, and then other times he's a bit of a U-kipper, and I'm like, Ken, you don't make sense to me, like, but... <laughs> Like, he's been saying for, for so long, for, like, decades, like, it doesn't matter what government it's been, North Wales gets nothing. You know, whether it's from Cardiff, whether it's from Westminster before that, he said North Wales has always been neglected. You know, we're overlooked, we're underrepresented, and, you know, this is one of the reasons why, again, no young people tend to, or very few young people tend to stay in the area. Um, but, yeah, obviously, you know, being God's country up here and being absolutely stunning, you get such a large influx of, of you know pensioners and retirees and you know people that they come in their jollies on their holidays and all that and the sort of effect in that has in the way you know it kind of changes the sort of face of communities and what have you like it, it's crazy you know not to sort of like you know like oh it's the bloody english again all this that and the other do you know what i mean like but th this is the thing you know you have to look at the reality of it especially in the you know rural community areas and you know, the more touristy, air quote, fucking areas of, of Wales, you know, it is the young people go out, they go to the big cities in England, and in return, we get mostly conservative voting, um, you know, retirees that move in, push people out of the area, push house, housing prices up, you know, and it's insane, like, even in Wrexham, never mind, like, out, you know, out west and all that, in Wrexham, like, there's actually a divide in, in, like, house prices and what have you just in the town well in the county itself the closer to the border you are like you know we've got i think we've got well what is or was definitely was the most um expensive area to like house prices wise in wales which is marford hill and i think like every single house up there 
must cost at the very, very least, like way over like half a million. Like they're all proper nice houses, like they're all massive and that. And then you drive like 10 minutes down the road and you get to Kaya Park, which at one time was like the biggest council estate in, in Wales. You know, the disparities are, are absolutely insane. And whether it's people moving in to retire or people moving into the area because the houses are cheaper than they are over the border, yet still working over the border in the likes of Chester, Manchester, Liverpool and all that. You know, the sort of effects that it that, that it has on the community is it's crazy, you know. I think absolutely just like, yeah, like I said before, just like a sedate, it makes, you know, like a dormant town is almost like a ghost town, you know what I mean? It's terrifying to say, it's just like this dead, nothing place where you just kind of go to watch TV, sit at home, don't really like go out or whatever, and then you actually go somewhere else, like actually live your life, you know what I mean? I think um, it's fascinating what you're saying about like, you know, um, I think it, it blew my mind, I think, when I first really got talking to northerners and just their perception of south wales and how just like overrepresented we are you know what i mean it's not even something i considered it's like if you're from the valleys you feel like you're the lowest the low you like you're you just like you know discover the earth and all that and when you realize like oh no you're like so much more visible and so much more overrepresented like part of welsh culture that like everybody else outside of wales just thinks of this tiny patch that really doesn't represent the rest of it you know what i mean I think this is the thing, it's like when you say about representation and that, I mean, whenever, especially if you're talking to, you know, somebody from England or whatever, you know, they tell me from Wales, well, where do they expect you to be from or sound from? The valleys, they expect you to, you know, talk like you do, Todd, you know, but when it's obviously in Wrexham, I mean, like, yeah, I've got a North Walian accent, I don't sound like you, do you know what I mean? Like, we don't have the same lingo in that, but I'm just as every bit Welsh as, as you are, you know, and I think, like, again, when you look at like politicians and sports as well, like even still, especially like the rugby, you know, I think George North was like the first like North Walian player that had played in the, in the Welsh team for years. And, you know, I remember that being like a big thing up here. Like people were like, yeah, you know, funny that there's like a North Walian who's like, you know, playing for Wales and he's like one of the best players and that. And I think it just shows that like how, how much people up here sort of want to be put on the map. I want to be represented, you know, because there's more, like, don't get me wrong, like I said, God's country up here, mate, it's absolutely stunning, but there's more to North Wales than that. You know, we got some of the best people in the world that are committed to doing, you know, fantastic things for themselves and their communities, Um, you know, but it's such such impoverished and underrepresented areas, you know, like Pagan said before, we are just completely overlooked by, you know, the, the government of the Welsh people, you know, well, like I said, government in both Cardiff and London. You know, um, like it's 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 crazy. Like honestly, at times, I feel like the EU paid more attention to North Wales than you know even of our local government said, and that's only because they were actually sticking funding up here. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like that's not a praise of the EU, by the way. They can piss off. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I think that shows you just how badly you know we are neglected is the, the fact that the fucking eu of all people are the ones that sort of you know paid us the most attention for goodness sake yeah and i think as well like you were saying mills about how people only focus on the countryside and the beautiful landscape everyone just associates north wales with snowdonia which means that northeast wales is just kind of like a stepping stone to get in there and it's just completely neglected and forgotten because the only part of north wales that people care about you know the english and the tourists care about is the pretty hills so they just see us as a a part to pass through with nothing going on. I, I, I find it interesting to compare. I saw like a advert for like Irish tourism and just the contrast between like Welsh tourism and Irish tourism 
is so stark because obviously in the Irish, in all the Irish adverts, it's all about the people, the culture you'll experience when you go over there. It's all about selling that concept, like, you know, the mythology and all that. And you come here and it's all about all the lovely mountains or the landscape and like the people are, fuck the people, you know, they're not interesting. The culture and that, fuck that, like it's all about the lovely scenery, you know what I mean? And obviously they're in control of but we're in control of that to be fair as well. That's like, you know, not letting the Welsh government off on that to be fair. What you were saying about everything being very Cardiff-centred, I mean, as you were saying, it's very South-centred, all the perceptions of Wales, all the stereotypes of Wales, but specifically everything being Cardiff-centred, like, not only politically, but with activism spaces and that kind of thing, which is why I think, you know, what we're doing is so important and why we're excited that we have a, a branch in North Wales and hopefully in, in more places soon. Um, but, like... There is clearly a desire for what we're doing and what you guys are doing in in north wales um and you can see it from the reaction that you get from your you know your events especially the barbecue i know you had a really good reaction there and it just goes to show that you know even though all of the organizations are mostly based in cardiff it's not just people in cardiff who are interested in this kind of thing yeah exactly exactly well like you know like you said like everything we've done has had a very good reaction from the people we've had weird reactions from other groups and stuff and what have you um but in terms of like you know the people that live in our communities been very well received you know we get people talking to us all the time like you know what are you next about you know we want to speak to you you know how can we join um you know this that and the other and, and the thing is there are like other well this is one of the reasons why i felt it was so important to get a branch founded up here is because you know like you said there is a lack of activism you know, and I think in turn with that, I don't think that comes from people not being politically engaged. I think it's the other way around. A lack of political activity in the area switches people off. And I think people need to realise that, you know, there's more than one way of getting things done. By and large, the best way to do it is to not do it through the, again, air quotes, official channels and electoral politics and what have you. Because, you know, like I said, everybody's been voting the same way for, for the whole time and, and what have you. People, the same people get voted in, um, you know, the same shit happens and nothing gets done. You know, nobody's going to come and do anything for us. So it's up to us, the people of Wales, to do it ourselves. You know, we have long, long-standing socialist tradition. We are a left-wing socialist country. You know, whether the Tories fucking know that or not, we are. So we need to galvanise that spirit because it's ingrained in us. It's, in, it's ingrained in our culture, I would dare say. You know, a culture of resistance and standing up to, you know, the powers that be and, you know, doing things the right way, the Welsh way, and, you know, working as a community you know, to better the lives of those around us and, you know, get shit done. And, you know, that's what we need to do. That's what it's all about. I think that was beautifully said. We are definitely trying to tap into, like, such a proud Welsh tradition we've got of just, like, workers' co-ops and just, like, you know, they always said that, like, what they did in Tredegar with the, the medical co-ops, like the rudimentary NHS, we were just Tredegarising Britain, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the workmen's halls, I think, were literally built by everybody putting in all their wages to actually build these community centres. Nobody did that to them. It, was, it wasn't handouts, you know what I mean? They, they just rose it out of the ground themselves. And, like, people need to see past the limits of parliamentary politics and just, you know, like you said, like, Ken Skates doesn't give a fuck. You can't, like, he lives there and he doesn't give a fuck. You couldn't, like, if you write him a stern email, do you think he's going to do anything that he hasn't already done in the last 20 years? I think as well, um, 
the fact that you get such a good reaction and the fact that people are so eager to get involved and the fact that you know your branch has grown so quickly since it was established just goes to show that like Wrexham voting Tory doesn't mean that Wrexham's Tory it means they're fed up of Welsh Labour exactly Exactly. it's more about Welsh Labour than it is about the Tories exactly no literally and that's exactly what it is like there there are areas of Wrexham that you could say are Tory um that shall go nameless um for the sake of offending any like-minded folk there um but you know yeah there was there might be areas of it that could be considered you know Tory or whatever like it's not a Tory town the vast majority of people that you will speak to in this town will be like, nah, fuck the Tories, mate. But then quite a lot of them, as you said, Pippin, will say, yeah, fuck Labour too. What, like, what have they done for us, you know? Um, and that is a question. What have they done for us? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's like I've said a thousand times tonight, there's fuck all going on here, you know, compared to what there could be. You know, there's so much potential for industry, for jobs, for, you know, just... There's a, there's a town there that is sitting there that has been crying out for investment and been crying out for community resources and been crying out for Christ, everything under the sun for as long as I have lived here, which is my whole life, over 20 years. And, you know, we, we've seen, and to be fair, in recent years, we've seen some like, for example, Tea Park, which is an absolutely fantastic space, you know, things like that, that really, you know, breathe new life into the town that's what we need but like Eagles Meadow the shopping centre you know I, I, I work there and I can tell you now that like, genuinely over half of the stores in there are shut they're boarded up there's nothing in there you know there's a handful of restaurants there's a cinema and there's what like a money exchange shop and then about three actual shops and one of them is like an m and and the other one's the next and the other one's fucking O2 so they're not going anywhere anytime soon are they do you know what I mean so like this is the thing it's 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 so much like unbelievable amounts of potential here, but it's just overlooked and it's just ignored time and time again by the powers of being every situation, you know, be it our council or be it there are some decent councillors on there, you know, the vast majority of them are either independents or they answer to nobody or they're fucking Tory. So they might as well answer to nobody because they can do whatever the fuck they want. And it's just, you know, every single time. It's the working class people of this town that are at the expense of it. We're always at the mercy of them, you know, to do something or, as is more than likely, do fuck all. The whole time, whilst Mark Pritchard, head of the council, is soaking up like 130 grand a year in salary. It's fucking mental. It's absolutely mental. And like, the, what is it? The average salary in Wales is meant to be something like 27, 28,000 pounds a year. Mm. It is not in Wrexham. I can tell you that for free. I know very, very few people who's even their parents probably earn that much, you know. My mum certainly never heard that much. None of my mates' parents hardly have ever earned that much, unless they're working for like a big company. Like it's, do you know what I mean? It, it's just, it's so frustrating to see as not only, you know, a member of the community and a very proud one at that, but just from a purely like logical perspective, if nothing else, the fact that there is so much potential here that is just completely ignored is so incredibly frustrating because the people of Wrexham deserve better than that. You know, they deserve people that are going to go out there and get shit done. They deserve the excitement and the buzz around the town. Do you know what I mean? Like, all the shit with the football club has been massive. You know, it's been massive for putting Wrexham on the map. But, like, so far, that's all that's really happened is put us on the map. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... it's... I mean, they've done more for you than Welsh Labour. Those two Americans bought mm-hmm. the football yeah, club. exactly, exactly. I mean, for fuck's sake, like, literally two celebrities from Hollywood have done more in, what, like, eight months for the town 
than fucking Welsh Labour have, and they're not even able to get here yet because of COVID. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's it's crazy. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the big massive Hollywood Wrexham sign that's been stuck up. <laughs> that up as well, by the way, because we nobody knows. Fucking genius. So if you're listening, to this, <laughs> bravo! I can't wait to see it myself. But um, you know, it's like. Yeah, they've literally done more to raise Wrexham's. But I mean, goodness sake, I've seen I've seen photos of like astronauts that have literally been to space in the moon and that wearing full on Wrexham kits. Like it, it, it's mental. It's mental. And this is what I mean. Like it's such a crazy town with such a great people. And you know, like like Ryan Reynolds and fucking Rob McElhenney have both said, like you know, especially with the football club, it's such a big part of the community, which has got such a large, you know character and personality you know there's nowhere like Wrexham you know there's nowhere like Wrexham it's fucking mad round here it's great you it's, know it's, it's one of the absolute blessings I think of just you know creating this organization is actually being able to talk to people from Wrexham and just the absolute nutters that you are just it's actually beautiful to see you're so proud of your culture and where you're from and so deeply rooted in your communities just like the valleys is just like South Wales is it's just like it's just beautiful to see, you know what I mean? I've learned so much more about Wales from being part of this organisation. Like, stuff that I didn't know that I didn't know. Do you know what I mean? Because you just, yeah, when you're in South Wales, especially, like, South East Wales, it just becomes mm. such a bubble where you feel like, you know, you're the entirety of Wales. But that's what everyone else treats like as well. So, yeah, no, it's been amazing getting to meet you guys. And I don't want to be, like, a conspiracy theorist, but you can almost see why... It would be detrimental to unionism to actually create these infrastructures because it is almost like a radicalization process. The more of Wales I see, the more I connect with other people and communities, it just opens your minds to the potentials of Wales as a concept, doesn't it? They're quite happy for us to feel British or to feel more connected to Bristol or like other parts of England because it's, you know, it's probably to their advantage, if anything. Maybe I'm just yeah. making something. That's the part. <laughs> Even though we've only got the two branches right now, I think it's already, there's been so many conversations going on between us, learning about each other's areas, each other's cultures, like, and just being able to work together and having that solidarity, I think is such an amazing thing. Absolutely. And I think it can, it can only get better, can it? I think just the more we grow and the more places we can connect to and make, you know, make routes in like, you know, Carnarvon and Aberystwyth and Swansea and just, I don't know, just really bring people together. I think it's going to be amazing. I think our biggest challenge is going to be mid-Wales, like Powys specifically. <laughs> just kind of a wasteland. Like I grew up there and what you were talking about earlier, Mills, about it just being kind of like old people, especially like tourists or pensioners or that kind of thing. Brecon is, is the same. Um, and it's just the worst place to be a teenager. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, that would be interesting when we tried to get in the middle. Yeah. I think this is one of the things why it's so it's so important to, like, so to not, like, ironically, almost imperialistically on a small scale, you know, sort of go to an area and be like, right, we're setting up a branch here, you know, this is what we're doing. It's important that that branch is set up itself from that area, from people within that area that know the local psyche, they know local people they know what needs doing in the area you know it's all about that sort of like almost like a, a, you know autonomy about it that you know it's like whilst yeah we are part of one organization you know this is what we need in Wrexham this is what we need in Rill in you know Cumbran in, in whatever it is yeah I don't know I think what you're saying back to like organizing powers and stuff like that I think 
you know, we can stereotype about it because you just see these lovely big houses and the posh accents, but there's so much like hidden rural poverty. Like I know West Wales especially is like the poorest place in like one of the poorest places in Western Europe. It's Even the though place in, I think I'm pretty sure it is the poorest place in Western Europe. But you wouldn't fucking think it, would you? I mean, like looking at the houses, which are like six figures and just hearing all the posh accents if you go there. But like, you know, I think it's got like that and North Wales have like the lowest wages in Wales, you know what I mean? And like the NHS there, I, I, I think I mentioned this before, but you know, they have such a different culture about the NHS over there because like, I think we just take it for granted. Like, oh yeah, the NHS is amazing, right? You know what I mean? But like, they literally don't give a fuck because they don't use it. It's actually like you can't everybody's on private if they can afford it because it's it's just not fit for purpose in west wales like you fucking die if you were relying on like an a and e thing to come like four hours later or something yeah. and that's the kind of thing that you would never know in like a cardiff activism scene like that's what i keep thinking about when we're talking about these issues in north wales and west wales and like you know like you said we just completely take the nhs for granted down here um and I think, like, especially as a disabled person, like, I just don't know what I would do <laughs> if it wasn't for the NHS. And I have lots of criticisms of the NHS, especially the Welsh NHS, which is, you know, essentially hindered by being in the union. But that's another thing. But the fact that there are parts of Wales that don't rely on the NHS is something that we should really talk about and really care about. And, you know, you don't ever see that talked about in, like, left-wing spaces in, in Wales, uh, never mind the whole of the UK. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think especially the way that it's always lauded as this kind of um, socialist idea and, um, you know, the concept of universal healthcare, it's clearly not universal. Yeah, fully. Well, I mean, there's, you know, one of the big things for me is, um, you know, about like access to healthcare and what have you. Now, how, how many hospitals have you, have you got around you in the valleys? Have you got sort of like, well, where, where's your nearest hospital and how many have you got in, say, like your local, like 15 mile radius? There's one in Mountain Ash, which is, would be like a 10 minute drive from me. Yeah. That is probably Prince Charles and Merthyr. Yeah, you got one in Merthyr. You got like a, you got one in Estra Manach near me. There used to be the Caffili Miners, which got shut down. So the nearest one for there would be probably like Newport or Cardiff. We are super privileged, obviously, just with that. I mean, like, I think they've got one in Cumbran now as well. So there's easily, like, I'm a, I've got access personally to, like, probably three three or four A&E, like, hospitals within, like, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour from me. We my are doctor, but they're under my road. Um, yeah. You know, we are very lucky in that respect. And it's like, there's so many levels to it as well, because like I was saying, I have plenty of criticisms of the NHS and the fact that the Welsh NHS, you know, doesn't have access to as many things as the English NHS. Um, we were discussing this on another thing, particularly the Cumtaf Health Board. Uh, can't give a lot of diagnoses or treatments that you can get elsewhere in England and that kind of thing. And it's just, just not available to people. But then, you know, you get to the point where that limited stuff is not even offered to people. It's just like, how do you, where do you start to tackle that issue? Because it's, it's so many levels. Yeah. Well, we, we literally have, we have a general hospital in Wrexham, the Myla, and that's it for like all of Northeast Wales. That's it. And it's not even big enough to like properly cater for the people of Wrexham, never mind Rithin, Denbyshire, you know, um, and, and Flintshire and all that. The other nearest, the other nearest hospital is in Gabowin. 
but that is like a specialist hospital for like serious injuries and burns and stuff. The only other closest one to us is a Countess in Chester. But if you've got a Wrexham postcode, they would they won't they won't save you. They literally will not give you. And I remember seeing multiple articles about it. And this was like pre-pandemic as well. So it's not like it's a recent development where if you went to the Countess, you went to their A&E or whatever, and you had a Wrexham postcode, they'd turn you away. They'd be like, we, we, we can't give you healthcare here. You know, and it's insane because like you go to Wrexham's A&E and unless you are like literally bleeding out, your average wait time is about five, six hours. I've been to the A&E a couple of times, mostly for sporting related injuries. And the shortest wait I have had in A&E was four and a half hours. And that was at like, that, yeah, that was at like, I, I rocked up there at like fucking like nine, 10 o'clock at night, something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. Like, I remember um, uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine was a, was a miles and she broke her ankle and we took her to the A&E. And she sat there with a broken ankle for about six hours. Like, it's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. And it's, to be fair, it's not even really like an issue that's the hospital's fault. It's just simply there is not enough healthcare coverage in the area, you know. And again, linking it back to transport. If you can't drive, you know, you're fucked. Like, how many like ambulance stations is the ambulance stations? Do they reckon that they're, you know, we reckon that there is around here. There's literally one at the hospital in town and that is it as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, for Colwen, for us, our nearest hospital is Wrexham, which is a 30, 40 minute drive. And if you don't drive and you have to rely on public transport, it's just so inaccessible. But then as well for orthodontic, like non-urgent healthcare, I've had to go to St. Asaph before, which is about an hour's drive over an hour's drive, which is just so far to go to have health to access healthcare and I've had to go there for had an operation on my mouth before and then to go back straight after an operation an hour's drive home is nightmare and again it all comes back to that thing of being overlooked do you know what I mean like again obviously like we said you know the, the Welsh NHS is very much constrained by being part of the union you know and I've got a huge amount of respect for the NHS you know and whilst also having criticism clearly you know but like it's just you know, it's like, like you said, Pippin, like it's not universal healthcare if not everybody has access to it. You know, it's, it's, and then people end up getting pushed down to, you know, private through, through private healthcare and that many bits and bobs are being sold off anyway that people are getting billed for stuff. Like it's just, it's insane and it's just wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, again, it comes back to that thing. If you don't, if you don't, you know, have the, have the means of like owning capital, if you don't have money to your name. I think what you were saying about um, the way the healthcare, you know, links with the transport as well, and the way that um, Tad said earlier, we don't even need to talk about independence by its name, because when you talk about these issues, it kind of comes naturally. If you take Wales as its own country in comparison to the rest of Western Europe, the transport is abysmal, com you know, compared to the countries that, you know, we would well not necessarily us but people in wales might look down on you know because we're fed this myth of of britain still being you know the best and whatever and that we're part of britain um because when you know people look at countries in western europe and their transport and their health and stuff they always take the uk as one and they're like oh look what they got in london that's fantastic that's the uk um but obviously if you took wales as its own independent country in the rest of Western Europe, we would stand out so much with our healthcare and our transport links being as bad as they are. 
And like you said earlier, the fact that you can't get from the north to the south without going through the neighboring country. Like we really stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, it's insane. Like whenever you hear anything in British news or whatever about Spain and about their economy, it's like they're fucked. They're tanking it. They're reliant on like the EU to bail them out. This, that, Have you ever been on a train in Spain? Like it's fucking, fucking insane. I went to Benicassi Festival the summer before COVID landed. We flew to Barcelona and then got the train from Barcelona to Benicassim. It, it took us about an hour and a half, maybe two hours on this train. And I shit you not, it looked like one of them Japanese bullet trains, right? It was air conditioned all the way through. It had about 14, 15 carriages on. Um, I'm pretty sure they turned up at least every like half an hour, 20 minutes, something like that. You know, or fully air con. There was even sleeper carriages where you could just go kip and that. And then it's like, you look at the trains that we got here and what is it they finally stopped using a train that was built in the 80s and was only supposed to last 20 years so for 40 years they've been using these trains that are 20 years out of date and we've been using them for 40 years and it's only just now that they're getting new ones from fucking switzerland that you know the job has been you know like contracted to from from the welsh government you know they've, they've nationalized the rail services whilst bringing fuck all back to it yeah literally like, <laughs> yeah yeah nationalized <laughs> only because nobody else wanted it yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We bust. our only train company the, the, was bust. the government had to buy it and everyone the first, like, socialism the first accidental socialists <laughs> socialism like, when the government does things quite yeah, quite yeah, yeah. how like drakeford and co could be like reasonably branded as a like, genuine socialist i would never understand i think as well the reason that welsh labor keep getting away with things or branded as better as they are is because the bar is so low when compared to Westminster but then people in Wales don't think that they can dream bigger than that because they're like oh well at least we've not got Boris Johnson and those Tories running everything here but we we can ask for so much more than that just because Drakeford isn't a Tory doesn't mean that he's necessarily good or is actually a socialist. Yeah. Absolutely we've got to dream bigger like everyone's imagination has just been crushed by the misery that is devolution um saying it was better before but it's certainly not better now you know (laughs) and i think like the thing that always stuck out for me when i was learning about devolution and a-level politics was the fact that wales has less devolution than scotland and scotland had an independence campaign first um and it's just like people in wales a lot of them feel like they don't know what better they could hope for or they could try and create do you know what i mean it's just this is what it is yeah i think so much of it is to do with like again thatcherism and the minus strike and the absolute decimation of so many communities in the north wales coalfield and the south wales coalfield you know what i mean and i think you had these were the most politically engaged you know from, from within 30 years the most politically engaged areas of the entire like island have come from the most political to the least political it's like why has that happened? All they they could dream bigger, they did dream bigger, and you know the entire system went down on them and locked them up and like absolutely just destroyed their lives. So now they just they like not even think about it. You know what I mean? Mate, honestly, the bar is in hell. It is in hell. And the thing <laughs> is, is, again, it's like it's, it's like you said, it's totally engineered. You know, it very much is Thatcher's Britain alive and well no industry no sense of community you know by for a lot of people whether they realize it or not total individualism um you know all these things that make a community and make wales great have been completely fucking eroded 
over decades of you know deliberate deliberate destruction i mean it's not like things got any better than the blair like yeah oh, we got the evolution and that but like it's not achieved a huge amount you know what i mean like you said pip like scotland has even more devolution than us so again it's just the same bollocks of keeping wales very much on this ball and chain you know and the thing that really fucks me off about that when it comes from like a, a you know a uk-wide perspective is how welsh labor still not realized that without wales well sorry the UK Labour even, how UK Labour have not realised that without Wales, they are genuinely never, ever, ever going to get voted in ever fucking again. And yet they still do fuck all for us in our own government and from Westminster. They do not give a shit. Like how, how, how is Chris Bryant in his job? How is he in a job? Do you know what I mean? He's one of the worst of the fucking worst. Party of the working class, yeah, half of them are landlords. You're having a fucking laugh. But this is the thing, isn't it? Like, they're not the party of the working class anymore. You know, they haven't been... Obviously never were. Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And this is what I mean, you know, even many of the things that, you know, the Atlee government and all that did, like, he was still a savage imperialist. Do you know what I mean? Like, much of Britain's wealth that was generated after the war, again, came from pillaging the colonies. And, like, a lot of people don't like to hear that, but, like, the reality of it is true. Do you know what I mean? So... Again, it's just, I've gone off on a tangent there, but you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're not the party of the working class. With a knight of the with a knight of the British realm as the head of the party, infested with neoliberals, infested with landlords, and infested with people that, quite frankly, think the working class of this country are scumbags that deserve fuck all. How the hell can they ever represent us for anything? You know, at, honestly, at times, like, Labour pissed me off even more than the Tories. At least you know what you're going to fucking get with them. Do you know what I mean? It's none of this facade of, like, oh, we, we, we wave the red flag whilst at the same time, like, allowing landlords to get away with fucking murder, you know, standing against you and all this kind of shit do you know what i mean like it's just blatantly racist and and you know um misogynist, homophobic imperialist yeah absolutely yeah, i think exactly. realizing these things about labor is, is very radicalizing in itself and like you said if wales was to go independent or if you you know just didn't count the welsh labor votes the number of labor votes in the whole of the uk would absolutely plummet um yeah. And, and like you said, you know, Labour do fuck all for us, but we vote them in every time because it's the worst of, you know, the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And you still get, you know, bloody English political pundits who will go on about like how socialism is alive and well in Wales because we've got like 20 mile per hour zones in, you know, residential areas <laughs> and shit. Um, and it's just like, like, I mean, socialism doesn't mean anything anymore, the word. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. Keir Starmer calls himself a socialist. Um, and it's like, you're literally a knight. <laughs> um, it doesn't mean anything and it's so frustrating because you know the, the way these words are thrown around they completely lose their meaning um, yeah. and I think that's I don't know and I, th I think the limits of like socialism as presented are just like you're allowed to vote in a socialist or something or like supposedly a so socialist no nothing else it's all just absolutely how do you solve your problem are oh, my workman's hall is in tatters, like poverty everywhere. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, if you just like wait five years and then you'll get this nice person in and it will be fine. You know what I mean? And I think so much, so much of what we want to do is just like these little battles. You know what I mean? Like, like just these food events, going to Blackwood, say, or whatever. 
and just changing people's minds little by little, are creating these like small revolutions against Thatcherism, against individualism, just changing people's minds. And like they going home then being like, oh, these people are really nice to me and we're looking out for me. Maybe I should do that. And you just create this chain effect, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think people have spent so long thinking that the only change that's possible is the change that happens through the Senate, through Westminster, through electoral politics. But we're here to kind of show that you can do things yourself. You can get organised. You can make a change in your community. You don't need to rely on those politicians because at the end of the day, they're not going to be there for you. They don't really care about these communities there's also just a culture just everywhere in britain just like in the media in the comedy and everything that people are just bastards it's just it's just a fact isn't it you don't even think about it but you are completely raised to think people are bastards it's a joke now nobody's gonna look out for you we're all in it to just fucking win it and just like nobody gives a fuck about you so we just got a battle against that just constantly and think not only globally but locally are just these little battles of changing people's minds exactly yeah sorry i was gonna say individualism is like so poisonous um and like you said it seeps into every part of life and you even see it in the free food events like you'll get people who'll kind of look at it suspiciously and being like why are you giving it out for free what do you want you need my email address or you know something like that because it's just like people find it hard to you know conceptualize a community and and people doing things for each other out of pure love for that community and each other and i think yeah, what you were saying before, Mills, about the way that we don't just go into places and set up branches. Um... Shit, the CIA got him. <laughs> the, the FBI got him. They're speaking too much truth. But oh, oh, we lost you, Pip. You back? Oh, no. <laughs> I was having a little speech as well, then. I was, I was into that. <laughs> Damn it. My internet. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the thing, though, isn't it? I think when people think, they, and, and, you know, bringing it back to what you were saying about, like, socialism, like, the word socialism means nothing anymore. Um, again, I feel like these is, it's almost very deliberate tactics to, you know, dwindle down the movement, you know, distract people from what's real. Because if Keir Starmer can pass as a socialist, then Jesus fucking Christ, they'll be telling me Mussolini is one next week. You know what I mean? Like, well, they tried to have a Hitler, didn't they? Oh, the, yeah. The, the well, nationalist, well, socialist. Yeah, they go fucking up. But that's what I mean. Like, it's, it's fucked. And, like, it doesn't mean anything, you know. And, again, it's all very good and well, like, sitting around on, you know, the fucking computer or whatever and, you know, saying, ah, this, this, and this, and, you know, well, we stand for this and whatever. But, like, if you're not, at the end of the day, if you're not going to put your money where your mouth is, it doesn't mean fuck all. You know, your tweet will get lost within 24 hours and then, like, it won't come up again until somebody tries to fucking use it against you. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's... Uh, you know, words words are empty if they're not backed up by action. You know, if you're not going to actually stand up and be like, you know, fuck it. Well, this is what I think. This is what I know. So this is what I'm going to go and do, and then do it. It doesn't mean anything. You know, we can all sit around and talk about theory all day, and who is our favorite revolutionary? But it doesn't matter who your fucking favorite revolutionary is, unless you're going to go and be a revolutionary yourself. You know. What is the point of saying I'm a Marxist, I'm a socialist, if you're not then going to go and demand that with your, you know, your, your fellow people, you're not going to then go and demand that and fight for that. Then what are you? You're fucking keyboard warrior at best, you know what I mean? And like, this is one of the things that I was so keen about joining this organization for is that it's not about 
it's not about talking. It's not about, you know, selling newspapers. It's not about, you know, it's not a social club or a book club to like talk and chat about, you know, theory and, you know, oh, what happened on this day or whatever. It's about getting like-minded people together that are seriously committed to being the change that they want to see in their area, going out and fucking making a difference. And that is what it's all about. And at the end of the day, unless you are, you know, unless you are going to make that action and you are going to put yourself out there, you know, you are willing to take risks, you are willing to get in the faces of people, of, of the police and get in the face of fascists. And, you know, unless you are willing, unless you're willing to put your money where your mouth is and actually do something, then your words are hollow and they mean nothing. And this is another thing as to why, you know, <clears throat> the word socialism means hardly fuck all anymore is because so many people can do that and say, well, I'm anti-racist, I'm, you know, um, I, I I hate fascism, I hate the Tories, blah, 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 blah. But, like, if you're not going to go out there and, you know, stand shoulder to shoulder with the press people, if you're not going to go out there and, you know, demand better for your community, if you're not going to go out and challenge every single fucking, um, you know, issue and, you know, problem that is faced in, in your community... It doesn't mean anything because you're not a socialist. Like, yeah, you might be like left wing or left leaning or whatever, but like social democrats sit on their fucking ass and do sweet fuck all all day. You know, it's only actual Marxists that actually go out and get anything done, you know, and that is what socialism should be about. Because like I said, it doesn't matter how much you sit around and talk about things. If you're not going to get out there and do it, it doesn't mean fuck all. It literally means fuck all because... What is, what is the point of anything? Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the Cubans didn't fucking win the Bay of Pigs by sitting around having a fucking cup of tea and smoking a couple of cigars and going, oh, I hope the Americans fuck off in an hour. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, they fucking went out there in the tanks and that and got shit done, you know? The fucking, the Russian Revolution was fucking 20 years in the making before they overthrew the, the you know, the monarchy. You know, it takes time. Yeah, it, it can be frustrating as anything at times, you know, when you want to get stuff done and there's so many barriers stood in your way. But, like, you have to persevere. You have to crack on. You have to push down every single wall that is in your face. Get on there and get the shit done that needs to be done, you know, because there is so much that needs to be done and nobody is going to do it but ourselves. So we just need to get out there and fucking get cracking with it. Fucking oh, idiot. Go this, this is the fucking the Mills podcast. You know, you know what? To be fair to you, you haven't mentioned Chester once, I don't think. So like I did I did once. I did once when I was talking about driving from Wrexham to Cardiff and I, ooh, it felt horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Go. trying to keep it specific on Wales and not bring them horrible bastards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up, I think, with just another passionate speech. I mean, hopefully we recorded this one. Because uh, <laughs> I really don't want to talk about this a third time. But no. <laughs> Thank you for your time, comrades. And thanks to the comrades at home for listening. We've been Red Panic Radio. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 As well.